This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Emily Goodall is the founder and director of Bundlebean. It's grown from a one product concept to a small business that sells a range of travel products for babies and wheelchair users. They're best known for their adaptable and practical waterproof covers that are sold all over the world. So Emily, thank you so much for being here today. You're very welcome. Very happy to be here. Thank you. And um, can we please start by you giving an introduction to yourself, your business and what you sell, please? Yeah, certainly. So um, my name is Emily um, and I started Bundlebean um, ten and a half years ago when my two kids were little. They were three and one. Um, and uh, I was a young mum living in a flat. Uh, we were very short on space. We were very short on money. We were very short on time, probably like lots of young parents. And um, we lived on a top in a very small top floor flat. And I just am the sort of person who has to be outside. And I used to get desperate to get out and about um, and uh, just to stop me going completely mad in a confined space with two little ones. And I just became so frustrated with all the kind of kit and the caboodle and lugging push chairs downstairs. Very quickly, I started using a sling for the little one. Anyway, it occurred to me somewhere along this route that I, in those sort of early months, that there must be a simpler way to keep my kids both warm and dry. And that was where we began with Bundlebean Go, which is our sort of uh, original hero product. And um, the idea was that it could be, it was warm, it was waterproof, and it could adapt to go on stroller the car seat the sling whatever you had to do however your day unfolded whoever was screaming whoever needed to be carried would go in the buggy wouldn't whatever happened you were going to have babies who are warm and dry um so i mean it literally began i made one at home very badly on the sewing machine and from there i just sort of networked and found a factory and found uh retailers who were interested and so what began as a kind of hobby on my maternity leave has grown now 10 and a half years later into a sort of multinational company with a whole range of other products. Um, so that's sort of where it all started. So now I am um, obviously still running the company. I now live in a much larger house. I'm happy to report with a bit more space, two great big galumphing teenagers 
um, and I live now in the Wiltshire countryside, um, still running the business and, um, you know, expanding every year, our range and our reach and all the rest of it. Thank you so much for that overview, Emily. Do you think you could describe what your products look like for us? Because obviously this isn't a visual platform and it will just help people get an idea of what you sell. Um, yes, certainly. So Bundle Bean Go has a waterproof outer layer and it's backed in fleece. Um, it is 90 centimetres by 60 and it can go from being completely opened out flat. So you can use it waterproof side down as a little mat, somewhere to lay your baby. Uh, perhaps you're in the park and your baby wants to have a wriggle about in the sun on a slightly damp lawn. Um, or you can use it as for a quick nappy change on the go. Uh, and then the, up each edge there is a zip you zip up the sides and it forms an elasticated section which then hooks over the legs when you're in stroller or car seat over a sling the two straps there are two elastic straps that can adapt to fit it onto any single application Um, it also rolls up really small and stuffs in its own little bag so when you're out and about it fits into a tiny little stuff bag Um, so that is the go of course there is now a whole other range of other things as well but that's uh, yeah that's that's where we began thank you so much for that emily um as i said to you before we started recording i think this just sounds like such an amazing product and it's definitely something i wish that i knew about when i first became a parent well it's really useful because you can use it on, on every different application it also it extends as they get older so you start off with a newborn with the sides right up to the top and then it will extend all the way through to uh, three, four years old when they're at that age where they're still kind of occasionally hopping in and out of the pushchair. You know, they're quite happy to walk, but all of a sudden they get exhausted and they want to hop in, you know, for the walk home from the park or whatever. So it will, it you know, it has a very long lifespan. We find also they get handed on to younger siblings or on to nieces and nephews, friends. You know, I meet mums who say, oh, this is on its 11th user. You know, it was my mum, it was my sister-in-laws and they're, they're there now it's come to me and it's gone through all my kids and they're still working so they're real investment for 34.99 um you know it will last forever and it'll be useful for a whole range of things so coming right back to the beginning of your story emily were you looking to um produce a product that you would you know be able to sell and be used by a lot of people or at the time were you just looking to create a product that met the need that you had um at that point in time um well so at the outset i thought this is uh well obviously it was my own need which is probably like all the best inventions it's from a you know it's from your own need and your own difficult situation um what what was interesting is i thought this was going to be the solution to everything this is going to be you know every parent in the world can need one of these And after a year or so, I realised lots of parents wanted this and needed it. But actually, there was an opportunity for other products. And that's when we expanded our range to have, uh, we now have a range specifically to support sling wearing. So bigger, wider, longer with a hood for the baby. Um, Because we realised actually some parents are carrying their kids way beyond the sort of newborn years uh and so we needed something bigger and longer to support that obviously that sort of trend has really expanded even in the years since we've been uh up and running uh that's now much more mainstream 
uh, and so we, uh, so we, so yeah. So I think the thing is, never assume that you've nailed it in one hit. You might well find you need more than one product. Also, it's much easier to go into the market with a range of offerings for different retailers, different customers. Um, we also found that we sold a lot in the autumn and winter, but we didn't have an offering for the warmer weather. So we have a lightweight range now as well, which is sort of nearly the, the same thing. It's a very similar concept. It's just a very thin waterproof layer, a bit like a Mac, rather than your big waterproof winter coat stuffed down into a tiny little bag. And that just means that it extends our range for the whole year. Um, and also for countries abroad where they might experience heavy rain, but not the cold weather, the monsoon type countries. So um, we're always listening, adapting and expanding our offering. Um, so that, that was a really interesting lesson. Like I say, we thought we'd nailed it with this one thing, but actually, of course, that's nonsense. There's, there's a lot of different things. Um, every year we, we, we add to our range. Thank you. It definitely makes sense to me to come out with one product as you need to start somewhere and then to expand your range, especially if it sounds like your range is expanded to meet the needs of your customers. Yeah, absolutely. We, I mean, what was really useful in the early years was exhibiting at shows and events and uh, actually meeting the customers. Because nowadays, everything is so online. Um, and even back in the early days, you know, we went through um, retailers. So I didn't have that many opportunities to actually meet the customer and actually speak to them because, you know, you don't. I'm in my office and everything happens without me. Um, but so that was really, really useful to actually meet customers, especially as my kids started to get older and I was sort of out of the baby zone, um, was to, to to listen to what the customers were asking asking for and observe the sort of evolution of modern styles of parenting and adapt to meet those needs. Um, also, the, the enormous, you know, surprise for us was uh, the number of customers who, unbeknownst to us, were using the Go for their kids with special needs because uh, whether it was kids were in um, hip casts or kids with autism, uh, a whole range of different special needs, which as, as a mum with kids who don't have special needs, I was largely unaware of this. And um, so we spoke, lots of customers got in touch with us to say, it's been fantastic for my kid. Uh, now he or she is beginning to get too large for your range. Would you make a larger one? For about a year, I said, no, we don't We don't make custom things. Absolutely not. It's not our thing. We're just on the under three market. That's what we do. And then I thought, actually, this is quite interesting. This might be a nice sort of offering. Perhaps we'll do a large range for special needs kids. Um, and we'll see what happens. And we exhibited at a show, Kids North, um, a sort of special needs kids uh, exhibition up in Manchester. Um, we sold the whole lot by lunchtime. Uh, I was like, okay, so that we're obviously onto something here. And from there, now half our business is, is the special needs uh, market. We sell to adult wheelchair users as well. And there's been a fantastic response to our range of uh, wheelchair cozies that don't look remotely medical. So we're sort of targeting kids, young adults, groovy grannies, as we call them, 
you don't want a tartan rug or a you know dull navy burgundy whatever um and uh yeah but that was entirely because i listened to our customers i didn't knee jerk it i didn't listen to one and think right yeah let's make it because that would be ridiculous but there was a definite trend um quite hard to do market research on there's very little uh, information out there about how many kids or young adults there are in wheelchairs uh, so i had to kind of feel in the dark a bit but yeah it's been very rewarding and um, we're very happy to to have entered that alternative market sounds like speaking to your customers and being in constant contact with your customers has been really important to you yeah absolutely vital and that has been largely at, at by events exhibiting at events um and we've really missed that in this last year with lockdown obviously there have been no events at all no exhibitions and uh, we've really noticed uh, an absence of that. So we've had to make sure that we reach out on social media. We're always asking questions, asking customers for feedback. It's really, really important for us. Um, and, and, and even not even just with new ideas, but is, is our offering at the moment working? Is there anything wrong with what we sell? Are the instructions clear? Um, you know, did it arrive on time? We're, we're, you know, it's really important to us that we that we look after customers their needs are being met and we're always 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 tweaking everything we do never a year or a month goes without us looking at what we're doing and fine tuning it but we do make mistakes we have had a couple of duff offerings which after a year we've had to quietly shelve so we don't always get it right but we try you know, nobody does. And at least you tried and, and at least you gave it a go and stopped when you realised that it, it wasn't working for you. Yeah, move on. Yeah, yeah. You can do all the market research in the world and still just not not hit it on the head, not hit the nail on the head. But that's life. Learn from it. Learn from it. Move on. Yeah. It sounds like you've had to be really adaptable this past year to make sure that you're still in constant contact with your customers. Um, I noticed that you said we a few times as well. So is there a team around you now? Uh, the Royal We, the Royal We. Uh, there is a very, very small micro team. Although, I mean, I'm very lucky in a way, although we have expanded uh, hugely over the years, uh, it is still largely me, but I have um, a fantastic team who... Uh, are all self-employed they're mostly uh, working mums they are pretty much all based at home well certainly at the moment they're all based at home um, and uh, I have Natalie who looks after all our customers I have Sam who does our marketing and sort of uh, online advertising I've got a fantastic lady who does the books for me and we have a warehouse outsourcing um, we've outsourced all the warehousing and we have a fantastic crew there who look after all the stock um and all the the orders and um sending stuff out overseas and getting all the stuff the stock in from overseas um so i mean we yeah so i've i've outsourced as much as i can but i don't actually employ anybody um so uh we're, we're very lucky we have, we're, we're a pretty nimble operation uh but yes the royal we it is largely me i'm the only official member of the team but uh, I rely heavily on my wonderful network of, of um, helpers. 
Thank you so much for sharing that, Emily. The reason I wanted to touch on that is I know that there will be people listening who are perhaps quite early into their businesses. And right at the outset, when you're doing everything yourself, it can seem a lot, it can seem quite overwhelming. And it's good to know that 10 years down the line that you are outsourcing some things and you are getting some help. And then that's definitely something that that is possible. It's a common issue. And I speak to lots of um, startups and it's a really hard issue knowing when to make that leap. You know, it's quite... It's quite an investment, sort of hiring someone. And when you're, uh, especially in the first few years, you might not be earning a lot yourself, if anything. Even at the start, you know, lots of people don't 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 earn anything for the first year or two. So it can be slightly overwhelming to um, have someone else who's earning some money when you're still not as the entrepreneur. Um, but uh, I would, if anyone ever asks me for advice, I mean, outsourcing the things you are worst at. Um, is, uh, is I would say is one of the best bits of advice I could offer anyone you know from day one I outsourced the accounts uh, it's not my bag I'm, I'm rubbish with numbers I can do it if it's quite simple I understand it and I'm quite logical but I could no more file about return than I could fly to the moon and that was I outsourced that from day one, because I just knew it was going to take me hours of time I didn't have. Um, Likewise, outsourcing customer service to um, Natalie has been the best thing I've done in recent years. It means the customer's needs are always being met. She is completely on it. I was just unable to do that as well as everything else. And I was beginning to miss, miss emails. I wasn't looking after people as well as I wanted. And the minute I realized it wasn't happening I outsourced it um but uh yeah I would say start by outsourcing the things you are worst at and that's probably the things you hate are probably the things you're worst at um it's probably a wise investment warehousing as well you know don't queue up every day for two hours at the post office if you're doing that you've got to ask yourself a serious question look for some warehousing outsource that Thank you for sharing that. That all makes so much much sense. I mean, for myself, I know that two things I, I really did just like doing at the beginning were packing and walking to the post office. And I think at times as well, some of these tasks that we do can end up taking us away from other things where perhaps our time could be a bit better spent. Yeah, I mean, also the thing I try to always um, make sure is that I do um, I do understand what everyone else is doing. So although, you know, Everyone I work with are far better than me at what they are doing. Natalie is far better at looking after the customers than me. Sam knows far more about advertising than I do and marketing and all that. Um, everyone is an expert in what area they are working in, obviously. Otherwise, you know, they would be, you know. But I always try and make sure I know exactly what they're up to every day. So if I lose any of them at any time, I can step in and look after them that's been particularly useful in the last year because with homeschool and uh, all the various things we've all had to go through there have been spells when uh, members haven't been able to work efficiently and I've had to step in and do all sorts of things so I always make sure I understand what everyone's up to because no member of the team is dispensable 
Thank you, Emily. Now, if you don't mind, I want to go right, right back to the beginning. So you mentioned that, first of all, with your product, you had something that you were sort of sewed yourself. How did you get from that to having a product ready to sell in in large quantities? I think people find that really interesting because yours wasn't a product that was um, sort of duplicate or, or very close to anything else on the market. It was completely original. So I think it'd be really interesting to hear some of the steps you went through, please. Well, it took, I mean, the first thing I'll say is it took a lot longer than I could have imagined. So um, do to anyone listening who is at the very, very early stage, don't rush it. Don't rush it. Take your time um, because uh, you can waste a lot of money and a lot of time by rushing it. And there are lots of pitfalls. Um, we, we had a pretty clear idea of, product um i had done various sort of mock-ups and my husband had helped me and we'd gone through various kind of ideas and we pretty much knew what what i wanted it to look like uh we took it to a manufacturer in wales who made a really good and i went up there back in the day when you could just jump in the car and go and have a meeting with someone oh you know and um they made the first 30 for me um and we took those to a trade show and we got a lot of interest from various big high street retailers. And from that moment, we realized it wasn't going to work um, having them made one at a time or 20, 30 at a time. We needed these to be mass made. And we decided to go at that point into high street retail. We needed to lower our production cost. Um, to give us that margin to go into retail and we needed to be able to make you know hundreds if not thousands at a time um, so from there we uh, at that same event I met a couple of other sort of industry colleagues if you like who are still very close friends of mine to this very day and that would be another bit of advice I would say is network in your industry find people who uh, who think like you and work like you and you can trust and help each other out because that is has been more important to me than anything else. Um, so a couple of them, stayed, we stayed in touch and we spoke and they recommended their agent who was getting things mass produced in China. So I had a UK-based agent who was manufacturing in China. So that's where we began. Uh, actually, then two or three years after that, we found our own factory and our own agent who's based in Hong Kong and we've been with them for the last eight years um, very happily so, so we've gone down the route of having an agent who handles the liaison between us and the factory because it is really complicated otherwise to communicate directly with a factory. Language uh, is an issue, um, just endless misunderstandings. It's really hard to communicate exactly what you want. Um, the factories are very good at replicating something, but they're not very good at interpreting, let's say, plan or your words a written description a photograph things do get very easily lost in translation um so for us an agent has been very very useful uh, they speak english as a first language uh i was able to skype them and they would then interpret that information and go and make sure it was working fine at the factory i've never been to the factory in china um that was the plan for this year it remains to be seen whether I'm going to get there. Um, so I've done it all with the help of an agent. I Personally, I would recommend it. I know other people have gone straight to the factory. It obviously 
saves you some money. But uh, for us, the, the agent's been a really good buffer, if you like, for product development, quality control, um, making sure all the stock gets here on time, getting it through customs, all of those things, making sure they're all packaged correctly in the right cartons with the right labeling, with the right barcodes, all of that. It's a minefield. And unless you really know what you're up to, you can go badly wrong. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend finding a trusted agent um, to help you. Um, sorry, I slightly forgot. I hope that's answered the question. Very long answer to possibly not even the question. Thank you. That's really interesting to hear. Um, I especially found it interesting hearing you talking about working with an agent. That's something that I've never done before. However, um, I guess that my products are, you know, they're very simple. They're straightforward. There's, there's, there's a lot less that could go wrong, I suppose. And I think for anyone listening, it's important to think about what it is that you're asking for. So what your product um, consists of and whether you feel that's something you can communicate effectively on your own or whether you feel like you may need a bit of help to make sure that the product you end up with is the one that, you know, that you anticipated and it completely meets the spec that you have. Agree. Agree. Absolutely not. You can't. Uh, I mean, what I've learned is you can't expect the manufacturers to have any innovative ideas or they won't, they won't offer you any recommendations on, look, if you did it this way, it would be easier, be faster, it would cost less money. Have you thought about using this instead of that? There's none of that, of course. When you're sitting at home in your office in the UK and they're out there, that's what you sort of need from them. But I didn't get any of that. So I needed the agent to sort of, uh, to have that knowledge and that understanding. I mean, I guess the other thing is if you have the space, time and the energy to go out there I think it would be incredible but when I started obviously I had little ones I couldn't leave them and I didn't have the money apart from anything else to go out there for a week or two at a time um, whereas now I'd love to go but having said that we do now have a luggage a small luggage range which we do liaise directly with the factory because however many years down the line I now sort of know the pitfalls um, and that's actually working really well. And we also have a couple of ranges made in the UK, which is absolutely lovely. And again, in the ordinary way, I'd be able to jump in the car and go up and spend the day with them, looking and touching all the different things and working it out. Of course, now we're doing it all on Zoom, like everything. But it's really nice to have a range made in the UK. I can make less of something. It's quite good for testing out the market without having to go and make a thousand of something um, and it feels really nice to support UK manufacturing. Um, so obviously it's more expensive, but it's um, it's been a nice it's been a nice thing to do, and I hope we'll be able to do more of it in the years to come. Yeah. And what's your plan from the outset to sell by retailers as well as selling directly on your website, or was that something um, that just evolved as time went on? Was was retail always the plan? um no not at all i mean it to be it's been a bit of a roller coaster um and to be honest right 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 at the outset it didn't even occur to me in a million years that i'd ever be stocked by a major high street retailer um i didn't really have a plan i i mean i really didn't i can't emphasize enough to anyone starting out how little of a clue i had it was literally a kind of hobby 
idea it was just a sort of no something to fill the hours on maternity leave never never thought I'd be here now um but when I exhibited at that trade event um I, I won a free stand would you believe it so it's the only reason I was there and um we got approached by quite a few high street retailers who said oh this is absolutely perfect so I did literally kind of rewrite the business plan sort of on the hoof at that event and uh we then kind of uh started to live again we then went to mass manufacturing overseas uh we looked at again the pricing we realized made sure we had enough margin to go into retail and that's really where we started so we did start by launching straight into um a, a range of well, very well-known high street retailers Fast forward three years, I realised there are actually massive negatives of being stopped by these retailers. Um, we had difficulties meeting their sort of erratic orders. Suddenly out of nowhere, I'd get an order for a thousand units, which I didn't have. Um, and obviously manufacturing overseas has a pretty long lead time. Uh, uh, they take a lot of margin. And... As the world moved online and people started to buy more and more from retailers online and then more and more from Amazon and from our website, I sort of realised I'm not really sure I need them. I actually think I've got enough of a customer. Uh, I think the customers are quite happy to buy online from us, from our website. And slowly over the years, I have noticed our web orders go up, up and up. Amazon goes up every year exponentially. And um, we now only supply very special favourite retailers. They're either customers we've worked with for years and we like and we know them, or they're specialists in their field. So they are specialist sling-wearing retailer who give customer advice, one-to-one -one advice. So that for us is really nice because we can't offer that. Um, or they're a specialist retailer for kids with special needs or whatever it is. So actually we've come away from high street retail in the UK, but we do still supply um, high street retailers uh, in Europe through our, through our network out there. So it's a bit of a mixed, uh, it's a, yeah, it's been a roller coaster, but I think the world has moved online, especially in the last year, it has dramatically altered the landscape. And I don't necessarily think it's necessary to supply um, any retailers at all Having said that, it's really nice to work with them because it does widen your reach. Thank you for saying that. So was that first trade show your first step into retail and did everything um, just sort of happen from there? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, it did. I was really lucky. It was a bit of a, it was a really lucky, um, lucky event. I met um, distributors, I met retailers, I met um, uh, editors of national magazines I mean you name it and I met industry colleagues um who I'm still in touch with now I mean it really was a it was a sort of amazing immersion three-day immersion I did and like I said I won a, a free stand through a sort of entrepreneurs um rags to riches or something it was called never been so nervous in my whole life and I I, I won this free stand which is the only reason I was there and uh, I was in the worst spot upstairs at the far end. No one came in this dark little corner because I was on a free stand. 
So I quickly uh, abandoned the stand and went wandering about and just started networking. And it was the best thing I could ever have done. That's amazing. Thank you. And I would just love to know, um, from your point of view, do you still think it's worth attempting to get stocks in retailers? A lot of people um, are interested in that and do aspire to that. But obviously, a lot has changed for retail in the past year. So I'd love to know your thoughts on that, please. Yeah, absolutely. I think it really depends what you sell. I think it really depends what you sell. Um, that if you sell small, small items, you know, um, skincare or something, you're probably going to want to be in a supermarket, a pharmacy range, etc. Um, but you know, our, our things are just—I think they're just large enough to be um, something that you would research online and possibly order online. So for us, I think we are quite neatly, we're quite a neat online offering. Um, whereas for smaller items, it might be, you know, something where you spot it in the supermarket and you just lob it in your basket. I think it really depends what you sell. But obviously there are advantages, not just volume, which is a huge one, but um, I think it can add a cachet to your name if you are stocked in, you know, insert name of high street retailer. Um, and definitely in the early years, it helped to give us credibility, um, which maybe now we don't need because we're more established. Thank you. And I guess it also depends on your margins as well, because if your margins are really tight, obviously it might be something um, that just isn't viable for you. The, the, the margins, absolutely. Also the volume of stock, you know, are you happy to hold however many units of stock in case you get a big order? You know, I, I found that really hard in the early years. You know, we would order a huge amount of stock and then we'd wait and just hope we got the orders because we had to have enough to be able to supply them at short notice. But we never knew when the orders were going to come. I found that incredibly stressful and it put a very, it put a big strain on us in terms of cash flow, um, which again, in the early years is often where small companies come unstuck. Um, so we did manage to ride ride the wave, but it it did put us under a, a huge drain. And if I was to go back and do it all over again, I'm not sure I'd be so keen to leap, or certainly not with all of the big retailers all at once. Um, but again, we had long lead times; they're quite expensive items to manufacture. So it was it was a big outlay every time we did an order. It was a huge outlay, uh, you know terrifying <laughs> and how does it work with retailers typically emily um is it that they pay you once you've delivered the order in which case i guess it can be perhaps quite hard to manage your cash flow very tricky i mean if one of them used to pay 90 days at the end of the month in which they place the order so they would always place the order on the first of the month so really you're looking at 120 days until you see a pound and bear in mind, you've already had to pay up front for the stock coming from China. Uh, and then it's got a month at sea. So there could be six months, seven months from your first outlay to even receiving the first, first you know, income. And that is, that's hard. That's really hard. It was terrifying. And we very nearly came unstuck several several times in the early years and I would say that is probably when most startups do do hit those hurdles um yeah 
something to be aware of. Whereas with Amazon, you get the money. Uh, I think I get paid every two weeks. Yeah, so it's just, it's just lovely. I have to say, it's lovely. In it goes, pop, pop, pop. I never have to ask them for it. I never have to worry if the invoice is outstanding. It just, in it comes, in it comes. And it's, um, yeah, it's lovely, I have to say. <laughs> and can you please tell us a few of the things that you love about running a products business? I, um, I, well, number one, I love being self-employed. I, I think I was probably a terrible person to employ. Apologies to all my former employers. Um, I love being able to work my own hours. I probably work longer hours than I've ever done in my life, but I love being able to work around my kids, being able to take my dog for a walk. Um, you know, I, 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 I love it. When the weather's nice, I go out and work in the garden. I absolutely cherish that so much and it's one of the reasons why I'm very happy to have staff who work from home because um, they can all work in the same way and I know that they all love that as well. Um, I absolutely love my customers. I know it sounds really naff but I really really love hearing from them. I love knowing that we have helped uh, mum to get out and about for a walk with her newborn when she was tearing a hair out or that a mum with a kid who's in a wheelchair was able to get out into the snow uh it, it, it honestly we get lovely messages we get emails we get pictures and um every single one makes me so happy um yeah I, I i just love what i come into work in on a monday morning you know i come into work i walk the short distance from the kitchen to my office and i never mind coming to work in fact in the holidays if I ever take a holiday I quite miss working and I quite look forward to coming to work um I love new ideas coming up with new fabrics is really good fun uh I really like everyone I work with so I'm always happy to pick up the phone to any one of my colleagues yeah I feel very very lucky and all through lockdown I I never felt happier than um to have a company that I you know to keep keep me employed and entertained um you know it's my hobby as well as my work so um yeah I'm I'm one of those no work life structure at all it's just all one and the same that's really good though and it sounds like things really are working for you yeah and I've really missed the events that's the thing I that's the thing I most miss through lockdown is meeting my customers I absolutely love being out and about and speaking to people who already have a bundle bean and they tell me all about it um that I've really really missed that um being being stuck at home um yeah no I do feel really lucky I lit I absolutely honestly can say I love my job and I can't think what else I would ever do sometimes I think about it and the thought of going back to work for anyone else is far too awful so I'm gonna have to keep on forever I think until I retire I actually think, Emily, that you're the guest that I've had so far who has been doing this for the longest. And so it's really great to hear that you're still enjoying what you're doing and also that you're still looking um, to develop new things. And the fact that, you you know, you still see a lot of ahead of you as well, I think is, is really exciting. I think um, it is. Uh, it, it's, uh, it took me longer than I could have anticipated to be comfortable in what I do. Um, you know, again, if I'd known how stressful the first years were going to be, not sure 
maybe no one would ever start their business if they knew what was ahead. But, you know, like I meant, alluded to earlier with the retailers, there were some really, really stressful times when I'd look at the, the number of units I needed to fulfill orders for the coming six months. And I realized I didn't have the money in the bank to pay the deposit, let alone the full amount. Um, and I just, you know, um, so although it was a successful company, it was cash flow, sleepless nights. Um, we've had issues with manufacturing where we've had, you know, thousand units are all wrong and we've had to recall products. And I mean, there have been some really, really stressful time, especially working when you've got a young family and, you know, all the rest of it, all the normal hurdles of life that we all have. But it's really nice having been going now for 10 and a half years, I can't believe it, um, is I'm now in a very comfortable, I feel very comfortable doing what I do. I sort of know, I've, I've really learned the ropes and it's lovely to be here, but it, it did take me quite a long while to get here. Um, I don't know whether that's encouraging for your listeners or off-putting, but it's just is, it's just is the reality of it. Well, thank you. I do really appreciate you sharing that. Um, so I've just got a few questions before we finish up. I would love to know, what would your number one piece of advice be for other product creators? Well, gosh, I could give advice for hours. I mean, I could, I could host an entire talk show just imparting my advice, which no one probably wants to even listen to. I, I think, honestly, um, I mean, plan. Plan, 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 rewrite the plan, rip up the plan, start again, write another plan. But actually, I think more important than that is, is, is outsourcing. I can't emphasize enough how important it is to get experts, find experts, find the people you really tr- trust, see if you can get them to work on a, on a reasonable hourly wage and outsource the stuff you are really bad at because you cannot do it all yourself maybe not in the first year or two, but the minute you start to scale, start outsourcing because you cannot scale without help. There is only so much any one human can ever do. Having said that, make sure you keep your company really lean. You know, don't suddenly hire someone on a massive wage. Um, we are a very, very lean operation and um, I'm thankful for that because I never have to worry about my overheads. Um, but um, yeah, outsource and just hire trusted, fabulous individuals. And not only will it help you uh, in your working life, but also it's really nice to have other people to speak to on the phone or to come into the office when you're able to do that. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really lonely old world otherwise. And it's really important to have a little network around you. Thank you so, so much, Emily, um, for everything that you've shared today. Where is the best pe- place for people to go and find you and find out about more about you and about your products? www.bundlebean.com new website launching in a month that's what I'm working on this month Um, although I've as mentioned above I've just outsourced it because I've realized I'm rubbish at building websites (laughs) so that's the best way to find um, find out all about us amazing thank you and when this episode goes live your new website will be live so I'll be sure to link to everything in the show notes as well so people can go over and take a look thank you thank you Vicky 
Hi, thank you so much for listening. As always, I would absolutely love to know what you thought of this episode. Please do remember to rate and review the show and also, most importantly, subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And as a reminder, I release a new episode every single Friday. So take care and look forward to speaking to you again then. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.